You may find a delay due to construction in the following areas. I-275 in both directions between Six Mile and Eureka Road, southbound Southfield Freeway at Michigan Avenue, also on southbound Southfield Freeway at I-94. Please use caution in all those areas. You'll find the eastbound I-96 Jeffries Ram to eastbound I-94 is closed down for a long-term project until late July. Try the westbound Jeffries Ram to eastbound I-94 as your main alternate. I am Pete Spivak, WJR, Traffic and Weather First. Rain will increase in coverage tonight with a low down to 45 and windy to a lot warmer for the weekend. Clearing will take place on Saturday with a high near 82. Wrapping up the weekend on Sunday, a cloudy afternoon with a high close to 80. From the Weather Channel, I'm meteorologist Jeff Marr on News Talk 760 WJR. Live from Detroit, it's the Darren McCarty Show. The NFL Draft Preview Edition on 760 WJR. Now sitting in here are Sean Belegian and Bill Keenest. So glad you could join us on a Friday night. What else are you going to be doing on a rainy Friday night, huh? <laughs> right, Bill? That's right. And I think uh, I, I think the Tigers did us a favor because they knew how many fans wanted to listen to the draft show. Who are the Lions going to take with those top three picks? And uh, and I heard Mickey. Miggy is a fan too, so he was curious about uh, you know what we might be able to share with him. Uh, I think he's got some uh, some poll or you know some fantasy draft uh, show uh, thing that he's he's dealing with. So he's but, getting, um, he's, he's looking forward to it. Of course, Bill <laughs> Keenest, uh, yeah. Eric Dorch in the house with us. Scott Bischoff's going to join us at about seven thirty. We're going to be talking draft with uh, Scott. You know he's got his ear to the ground. Uh, Bill had an opportunity to speak with Matthew Stafford today. I know Mitch Album had an opportunity as well, but Bill, I'm uh, interested in hearing your perspective Mm -hmm. uh, with Matthew. Uh, Tell everybody why he was in town today in case people have not heard yet. Right. Um, And it's just so typical, Matthew, so typical, Kelly. They were in for a groundbreaking ceremony at the uh, Say Detroit Lipke Center, um, and uh, they're going to add a 20,000 square feet educational facility mm. and what that 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 Lipke Center has done for that area it's transformed it Mayor Duggan was there and he was talking about literally the property values have increased incrementally since they reformed and and uh, sort of really resurrected that center and when you see those children and you talk to those children you get chills if not tears in your eyes because these are they they had two speakers there, uh, two two of the participants in the in the center, and they do, both talked about knowing that we can come here and get a warm meal. Think about that. How many listeners out there have ever thought about not getting a warm meal? And kudos to Mitch Album, kudos to Matthew, kudos to so many people that have made that reality and the impact is generational obviously because for every current generation you positively impact so many others are touched in a positive way and it's why i love matthew stafford i mean yeah he's a great quarterback but he and kelly are two of the most special selfless caring people our community has ever known and seeing them there today was like they never left i mean the comfort they looked fantastic and they were there for the right reason to give back um, to much is given, much is required. And they're a billboard for that. They are truly a billboard for giving. Just classy people. No doubt yeah. about that. So interested to hear 
Bill's conversation. Bill, I, I, I've been told you and uh, Matthew talked about a myriad of things. So yeah. I, I'm yeah. including his draft day, as I understand it. Well, I, I I, that came up. Yeah. We, we went back and, uh, you know, I just, I just asked him, I said, if you can go back to 2009 this week, week before the draft, I mean, can you, can you just sort of put yourself back in that mindset and what you were thinking? And, uh, and he knew that, that we were a favorite and the, the word, that he he used and has done in so many different ways is just embrace it. And, uh, you know, I, the one thing I wanted to, to, to bring up, I often get asked about, um, you know, what's your favorite Matthew play, the favorite throw, whatever it is. But, you know, I was going to mention the name Will Heller to him and see how he reacted. And I, I didn't do it, but, you know, when Matthew started that 09 season, we were on that losing streak, right? Uh-huh. You know, 16 the year before. And, and, uh, and, and we played the game we finally won was against Washington and we had the ball late. And the thought was make them make Washington use their, their timeouts. We don't want to give it back to them. It was a five or six point game. So a touchdown would have won it for them. And I think it was second and whatever, second and eight or nine. I don't know. But Matthew, goes back and throws a, a, a same pattern and just lays it perfectly in Will Heller's hands for like a 20-yard game gain. And I think a lot of people saw that and said, this kid is special because it's not, it's a risky pass, but you know, no risk it, no biscuit, right? Yeah. <laughs> As uh, Bruce Arians has said and made famous. And that was a cl- classic example of that. And of course we won the game and uh, there were so many moments and memories like that for him, but uh, he and Kelly are just so happy. You can see it. They look as good as I've ever seen them. And uh, I was just so happy that he had uh, reached out to me this morning and invited me down just to see them more than anything. Well, as, as any draft year uh, can prove the draft can change the fortunes of your franchise very quickly but when you have the picks like the lions do this year and it's interesting you may bring up 2009 i think 1988 is another great example that you brought up bill yeah when you're talking about pick two when you're talking about three in the top 34 and i don't care if it's 32 and 34 that complete those three yeah you have three picks like that Simply put, you can change the trajectory of your franchise quick, fast, and a hurry. And, Bill, uh, let's go way back to, I guess, our day, so to speak. I yeah. think a lot of people think the greatness of the Lions started in 1989 when they took that running back out of Oklahoma yeah. State. <laughs> I- I'm going to say that maybe the building blocks were laid a year earlier when the Lions yeah. had pick three, pick yeah. 29, and pick 32. And boy, did they right. make those picks count. Yeah. And if you look, you know, even deeper into that draft, I mean, guys like William White and unfortunately the tragic story of Eric Andelsack, sure. who was on his way to a Pro Bowl career. But the uh, the 88 draft, we actually had the second pick like like the Lions do today uh, going into this draft. And the uh, as I recall, Kansas City and the Raiders both wanted Neil Smith, uh you know, all-time great defensive tackle. So appropriately, we leveraged that. You know, well, you know, there might have been a call made to the Raiders and say, you know, Kansas City really wants us. Or there might have been a call made to Kansas City. You know, Oakland really wants us. You want to you dance, so to speak. So uh, 
Kansas City danced with us, gave us their second pick, which ended up being Chris Billman. So we draft Benny Blades, who I've said on this show many times, is the ultimate warrior for the Lions in that era. No one was better at, at being a pro and at being a leader in that locker room. Chris Billman, four-time pro bowler, obviously. Everybody knows Chris. Um, Pat Carter was a pretty productive tight end. He played in the NFL for 10 years, played with yeah. the Rams. And then, like I said, you go down the list. William White was a starting corner for us, or a safety for us during the glory years. Eric Andelsack, like I mentioned. So there were some – that was a, a draft that really – help springboard things it really did and then and then you know the year after that um you know we had another high pick and uh oh by the way barry sanders right <laughs> and then mike utley another tragic you know remembrance but nonetheless mike was on his way to a 10 15 year crawl pro bowl caliber player ray crockett who had oh. a great career had a great career um lawrence pete rodney pete in the sixth round our quarterback so you can really uh, lay the foundation for years to come with a with a productive draft. And and the Lions haven't had you look at the, the where the top three picks are. Uh, the Lions have haven't had, you know, three picks like this for a long time. Actually, actually, um, we were talking about them earlier. You, you go back to 2009. Yep. And uh, and the team did have a similar similar reality with uh you know, Matthew number one. And then, uh, we had, we had number, uh, number 20 Yep. and took Brandon Pettigrew, who was a very productive player for us. You look at his first three or four years and he, he put up some great numbers and then Lewis Delmas, um, who, you know, was on his way, but, but the injury bug got him. Yep. So 2009 certainly laid a foundation for the team. And every expectation is that uh, this year we'll do the same thing. Well, we're going to look at this draft, uh, get out the uh, magnifying glass, if you will, at about <laughs> 7.32. Scott Bischoff, who does such a fantastic job for just a ton of places analyzing the draft. It's it's become a year-round thing. Bill, that's something you and I need to get into a yeah. little bit because we did not grow up in an era where yeah. it was a year-round thing. It wasn't even a day thing. Believe no, it or not, for you youngins out there, I mean, can you uh, we'll imagine? get into that, yeah, and we'll yeah. uh, hear from Matthew Stafford as well. Draft show on a Friday night. Bill Keenis, Eric Torch in the house, Scott Bischoff joining us after seven thirty, right here on seven sixty WJR. Welcome back to more NFL draft preview on the Darren McCarty Show on WJR. Once again, here are Sean Belegian and Bill Keenist. Well, if you Listen to Gridiron Rap during the season here on 760 WJR. You know, not only do we talk about things that are happening in the present day, but uh, one of the great things about having Bill Keenest in the house is I lived a lot of this stuff. Bill had a front row seat for a lot of this stuff. And uh, boy, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, that's the one thing in, in talking to people. And we appreciate everybody listening and your comments and everything. They love some of those trips down memory lane. And Bill, during the break, you were telling me, about Benny Blades um yeah. introduction to the Detroit Lions. <laughs> yeah. So um back then uh believe it or not uh the draft went 12 rounds and it was it was on one day Saturday. 
uh, Saturday and Sunday. Let me let me back up. Um, I did go through a one-day draft in 1983 when I was with Washington, but that was because the NFL was fear, uh, feeling some heat from the USFL. So there was one year where the draft was uh, – all 12 rounds was in one day. That was 83 because the uh, NFL did not want any players not drafted that first day to be more willing to go to the USFL because the UFL was just waiting to call those players that weren't drafted. We want you. We want you. So, um, but in, but in, uh, 88 Benny's year, we, you know, we had the high pick and, um, we were coming off a season 87. That was the worst attendance year in Silverdome history. Um, we averaged like 37,000 fans a game and it was not good, not good. Um, so we draft Benny and we're going to bring him to town on Sunday. Uh, and we're our headquarters are at the Silverdome. You know, all the draft uh, preparations were done at the Silverdome. So it just so happened that that Sunday, the Pistons had their last regular season home game. And, you know, as we recall, the Pistons used to, you know, put a lot of tickets on the street. You know, you go to Marathon Gas Station, you know, buy a Twinkie and a, and a fill up a gas and you got four tickets. So I knew there was going to be a huge crowd at the Silverdome. And I thought, what a better way for us to introduce Benny to our fan base than have him be introduced to the Piston fans at the Silverdome. Um, but I think I was, um, I think I was smart enough, I guess, um, or nervous enough as a as a relatively young PR guy. We weren't we weren't in in held in great esteemed by the, the fans in, in this market back then. Okay. <laughs> you know, we were pretty bad. So I went to my dear friend, God rest his soul, Matt Dobeck, the PR guy for the Pistons. And I, and Matt was wonderful. And we did a lot of things together over the years with the two teams, but I said, Matt, I got an idea, um, but it's going to take some cooperation on your part. You know, Benny's coming in tomorrow afternoon at like, he's going to land at like two o'clock. We're going to have the press conference, blah, blah, blah. And the Pistons game started at six, as I recall. So I said, here's what I'd like to do. I don't want Benny just being introduced because I'm nervous because, okay, it's the Lions. They hear Lions. You know, there might be some booing. So I said, here's what I would love to propose to you. Isaiah Thomas was as big a star as there was in all sports back then. So my idea was, how about I'll write a little script and Isaiah will welcome and introduce Benny to Motown. No one's booing Isaiah Thomas, right? And so the PA announcer, Ken Calvert, or whoever it was back then, will read this introduction, and it will be, okay, Piston fans, um, will you join Isaiah Thomas in welcoming Benny Blaze, blah, 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 blah. So everybody thought it was going to work. Good idea, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the idea was, uh, we got one of remember the Beverly Hills Cop jacket. Oh yeah, that, you know Eddie Murphy. The movie oh, yeah. came out mm -hmm. I think the year before, so we were going to have uh, Benny give Isaiah a jacket, and Isaiah was going to present Benny with his Lions jersey. Um, so we're all set, right? Just a minor problem. Um, Benny was flying commercial. Okay, <laughs> it wasn't oh. a private jet, and there was a problem with the flight. It got delayed. It was oh. whatever it was. So now Benny's next flight, the flight he's on is going to land at like five o'clock at Metro. He's got to get all the way to Silverdome 
by six at the latest. I might be a little off on the timing. Okay, now it was a different world back then when it came to security at airports. We all know that. So <laughs> I went to one of our dear friends, God rest his soul as well, Fred McLeod. He was a channel two. And and they did our preseason games back then. I said, Freddie, I got I got an idea. I got a plan for you. Um, I got a deal. Um, and every every station in town had a helicopter back then for the weather. Every station had their own chopper. So I said, Freddie, you want an exclusive with Benny Blades? You'll you'll get them before anyone. And he goes, Well, heck yeah. I go, okay. Well, here's what we need. We need you to get your chopper. And we had a we had a way to get on the tarmac. I don't know how we did it at Metro, but the bottom line was we're going to get the plane landed. Benny's going to come off the plane. Your chopper's going to be within walking distance. You can be on the chopper, Fred. You can have your cameraman on the chopper, Fred. You're going to bring him back to the Silverdome, land on the practice field, and I'll be waiting there with a golf cart to go down the tunnel, literally onto the court um, where – 30,000 fans are in the Silverdome cheering the Pistons on for their final regular season game. And Fred was fantastic. Absolutely, I'll do that. That's so awesome. It, that's what happened. And they literally, the chopper, and I'm like, no cell phones back then, right? So you're at the mercy of just, you know, trust and, and all that. And the chopper lands, and I go, come on, Benny, let's go. And we, he gets on the, the cart, and we just fly down the – the ramp that was a pretty long ramp as you recall yeah and, and i had alerted the uh, you know the security at the bottom to, to open the garage door and we literally went right out you know as close to the court as we could get and isaiah was phenomenal the crowd went crazy so uh just one of those little behind the oh, scenes that things. awesome yeah it oh, was great wow. and, and you know I, I say it all the time, but Bill, you and I grew up in an era where we couldn't watch the draft. We no. had to look at the results of the draft yeah. in the newspaper the next day. That, I mean, that's, right. that's unfathomable yeah. for youngsters like yeah. Eric George. I, I tell my oh, son yeah. that all the time. It's not like I yeah. could go on the internet. I no. had to wait until the next day to see who yeah. the Lions took for goodness yeah. sake. Yeah, I mean, obviously no TV. That started in the in the mid to late eighties um, when ESPN, who was still, you know, a relatively young network about 10 years old at the time. And they started uh, televising it. And, and I'll share one other story uh, from the 1990 draft. So, you know, now obviously the NFL has upwards of 20 uh, potential first rounders on site at the draft. They'll be, uh, you know, in Detroit in a couple of years, uh, the potential first rounders. Um, and but back then, what ESPN would do is they they would look at the top however many picks. Obviously, they wanted someone that would cooperate with the, the, the reality of a TV station being in your family's living room. Right. So uh, we had drafted Barry the year before the run and shoot offense, Miles Davis, June Jones. And so Andre had just won the Heisman and broke every single season passing record in NCAA history. Wayne had went and scouted him, did his workout. So, I mean, it's it's almost the slam dunk that we're going to draft Andre Ware. Okay, so I'm in the draft room, and we did have TV in, in the draft room that year. And I'm watching ESPN, and, you know, the, the pick, Andre was the seventh pick, I believe. So uh, they just announced pick number six. And Wayne, again, my recollection was, we don't need to wait. Let's just, let's just turn the pick in. So they are starting to interview Andre because the expectation. So I, I mean, here I am, I'm in my, 
my third or fourth year as the PR guy. And I'm in a room with Mr. Ford and Bill Ford and Wayne and everybody. And, and I just, I saw TV. I realized the potential for great theater. Okay. So I just like, I just like shouted, wait, 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 don't turn the pick in. And everybody looked at me and I, I thought somebody's going to who are you? What are you doing? <laughs> You're going to lose your job. I go, Wayne, they're going live to Andre. You call him. Wayne was going to call him anyways. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Call him and it'll be on live TV. The whole country is going to see Wayno talking to Andre. And as you can recall, Sean, that's all I needed to say to Wayne was, yeah. hey, Wayne, the whole country's watching you. So Wayne says, absolutely. So they start to interview Andre. And then someone says they got a phone call and it's live. It's, it's being, it's being shown live. Andre grabs the phone and he, it was like Motown here. Coach, coach Motown. Here I come. And, and that's how it was announced. So, Oh, is that um, great? Yeah. I and, remember uh, your pit guy was one of those guys that people were in their front room. Mark yeah. Spindler in the long yeah, way oh. until he got picked. And, and he didn't until they went off the air. Yeah. I remember he, that. He, that he got picked. We picked him like within two or three minutes of ESPN going off the air. And I'll tell you what, that was, that was devastating for Mark, but he came in the next day and he, he did one of the very best uh, media sessions of any rookie of any player that we ever had. He just, you know, he, it was what it was and he, he took it and, uh, and, and the media, the beat writers, everybody loved him. And, uh, and he had a, a wonderful career for us, sure for did. us, the Jets, and then came back to us. Sure did. No doubt yeah. about that. Uh, got a chance to work with him a little bit in this business as well. There this you go. Dog. So, uh, listen, we're up against a break. I'll tell you what. We will play uh, Bill Keenest's conversation with Matthew Stafford coming up at about 745. But as mentioned, we have Scott Bischoff scheduled. Talk a little bit about what to expect in the first round, what he's hearing. You know better than anybody, Bill. Right now, this is what we not so affectionately call lying season. That's not L-I-O-N. That's L-Y-I-N. Yeah, no doubt. Yep. Don't believe no doubt. a word that you're hearing right now, folks. Yeah, but that's right. We'll have Scott Bischoff try to navigate those waters for us. When we come back, it is the draft preview. So glad you could join us on a Friday night here on 760 WJR. Welcome back to more NFL Draft Preview on the Darren McCarty Show on WJR. Once again, here are Sean Belegian and Bill Keenest. Always love talking to this guy. If you listen to the Lion coverage here on 760 WJR in the past, he was always a part of our draft shows out at Allen Park. That was always such a fun time with Brandy and Dan Miller. Uh, He does a great job. Uh, for football guys, for Woodward Sports, he's a member of the Professional Football Writers Association. He is a friend. Let's welcome him into the show. Uh, Scott Bischoff kindly joining us on a Friday night. Uh, first of all, Scotty, thanks for joining us. How are you, my friend? I'm great. How are you guys? Great, Fantastic. Scott. You know, we were just joking, Scott, uh, and, and Bill Keenis knows this better than anybody this is lying season, not L-I-O-N, <laughs> L-Y-I-N-G. Are you hearing some whoppers a mere six days before the draft, Scott? No. Uh, I mean, Ooh. I've been hearing lots of interesting stuff in the in the run-up to this point. But, you know, um, at this point, uh, it's quiet. Uh, we're too close. And I don't know 
Bill, you would know more than anybody being kind of on the yeah. inside of that stuff. Um, I'm sure, you know, being affiliated with a team, it's a very different a different thing happening. Right. But as far as media and scouts and that kind of stuff, no, it's it's been quiet for – it's been unusually quiet this year. I will say that. Yeah. This was the about the time frame when the the – the term was, okay, we're all in the cave, okay? And it's bedrock, and it's a big boulder in front of the cave. No one's getting in. No one's getting out, okay? But I, I do think, I do think, and I know, actually, I've got some pretty crazy stories about that as well. But um, when there's a unique situation, GMs, agents perhaps, but certainly GMs, and they all have contact with the media, okay? And if there's something that they believe is beneficial, um, then they take uh, a page out of out of uh, Sean's book about what season it is. And mm-hmm. maybe uh, maybe it's exaggerating a little bit or, hey, this is what I'm hearing. And I mean, just go back to the was it Lyle Collins, the, uh, the offensive tackle the night before a draft, a photo shows up of him smoking a bong. Right. It wasn't that the player. That was Larry McTonsell, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and so that was done strategically. That wasn't a mistake or, you know, Oh, by the way, uh, sorry, I did that, that there was strategy behind that. So I, I think, you know, in with the proliferation of the media and the one thing that, that I know Sean and I have talked about this before, what I have seen over my career as is, and this is not just the lions, any major announcement, okay, any major announcement is usually done by the Adam Shifters of the world. You think about that. All the mm-hmm. major announcements. So it's a give and take. It's a you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back, and um, Ian Rappaport and others, okay? You look at all the major announcements. That's where they come from, not the team, not the player. Um, and so, the you know, there's – a relationship, a reality to it there. So we did used to go into the cave um, and it was, it was literally dark, but I, I think in recent years, there's been more out there than, uh, than in the past. Then you just have to, you know, you have to just, you know, check it and double check it, do your due diligence um, because it, any, it's anybody's guess at this time. Yeah. And, and some of that too is like, understanding your source or sources and understanding right. like what their intentions are. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I can promise you if an agent is talking to you about something, there's a, there's a reason why, yep. <laughs> you know, like yes. he's, he's trying to get information to, to nudge a player a certain mm-hmm. way and, you know, or, or wants something out there that may not be true on a, on a player who's competing, you know, for the same draft slot kind of thing. Right. Um, last year, last year was interesting because there was a lot more, even though it was a, a different draft because with the COVID year and all that stuff, yeah. it just seemed like there was a lot more knowns. Um, you know, we knew that Kyle Pitts was going to go early. We knew that the quarterbacks were going to go where they were going uh, this year because of, I think, sort of the blandness of the class, especially at the top. Um, it's anybody's guess. It really is. Uh, and I think some of the things that happen will will make sense. It always does in hindsight. Some of the things yeah. you hear, like I, I don't know, um, as an example, like Jacksonville, I, I am firmly in the camp that, that, that they're taking a tackle at one and that some of this other stuff is, is a, uh, like you've said, you know, we're, we're trying to manipulate the situation to get somebody to come up to one because yeah. we don't love being right. at one kind of thing. 
So mm-hmm. if they're stuck there, I could see them, you know, taking a tackle and 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 then you know explaining to the media that we did everything we could to to get out of that first pick, but the best situation for our franchise going forward was to take a tackle to help with Trevor Lawrence. And in that scenario, then the Lions are faced with having a choice of you know multiple edge players and potentially a quarterback and. You know, it's not a bad situation for the Lions to be in, but it, uh, you know, overall, it's been a, a unique year with maybe not such premium talent at the top and some confusion around what's going to happen. You know, at one. Yeah, uh, Scott, you opened the door, you put out the scenario, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make you live in it. Uh, Jacksonville takes the tackle with number one. Uh, what does that do for the Lions? Is it is it a clear cut number one or number two pick for us? Does it kind of make us have to reevaluate and think a little bit? Uh, you know, I don't think there's any, I wouldn't think there's any thinking uh, involved because I'm sure that the Lions have played that scenario out in their heads. I mean, it's not, you know, if, if yeah. I can think about it, I'm, I'm positive they are. And, it, <laughs> and then it becomes, you know, um, you know, it's a scenario where if you're looking at uh, pass rusher, do you want the, the, you know, the hometown kid who's, you know, more of a high floor? Uh, yeah. There, there's no such thing as a can't miss player, but, you know, you kind of know what you're getting with him. Where, where yeah. do you want that, or do you want to take a, a potential swing, you know, a little swing at the fences at a player who's got a, you know, a more expansive ceiling in Kayvon Thibodeau, and then the whole Trayvon Walker thing is out there, and that's a that's probably a conversation that requires, a, you know, that's a long conversation. But um, to me, it's you know, in the scenario where tackle goes one, it's it's do you want to play it safe and take a player like Aiden Hutchinson who's going to give you, you know, he's going to defend the run. I just don't know he's going to give you as much ceiling as a pass rusher, or do you want to take, uh, you know, a little more of a swing and more of a gamble on a player with Thibodeau? And, um, you know, there's a, there's you can easily make the argument to take either one. Okay. Scott Bischoff kindly joining us here at Draft Preview 760 WJR. Scott, uh, Bill Keenis uh, brought up two draft years uh, in, in Lion history that I'm sure you remember, uh, you know, where you can – change the fortunes of your franchise quick, fast, and hurry if you have three picks in the top 34. And a couple of the the drafts that he brought up, the 88 draft when the Lions had uh, pick number uh, three, 29, and 32, got Blade, Spielman, and Carter. And the one that uh, you and I were working together, as a matter of fact, 2009, they had one, 20, and 33, Stafford, Pettigrew, Delmas, Obviously, you go three for three, or you even go two for three, and you're talking about taking this franchise in a, in a different direction, quick, fast, in a hurry. Yeah, two for three, uh, you'd be cooking with gas. You really would, and, <laughs> and even if, honestly, yeah. even if you missed it too, because uh, the the, yeah. the strength of this draft is right in the area where they're picking with 32 and 34, and yeah. and you know, uh, wide receivers become a obviously. It goes without saying it's a premium position, but but mm-hmm. you know there are there are really good players who will be available at 32 or 34 right. at wide receiver. Safety yeah. is another yeah. position where um, you know you could you could find your you could walk into a you know a starting yeah. safety, and those mm-hmm. are those are the players who really put you over the top. You know when when this thing gets all rounded out and finished. You know uh, Scott mentioned something uh, prior about you know. Believe me, the teams know what they're going to do at this time. Every contingency has been played out. So for any listeners out there uh, wondering about Draft Day, the movie, 
poor uh, poor Seinfeld and do the opposite, okay? Because that is the most unrealistic atmosphere, you know, draft room, draft day, all that. I mean, it don't take that be- away from me, Bill. Don't take that away. <laughs> well, you know, we we can all dream and fantasize about us. But um, but no, he, Eric's right. Every contingency has been played over, and it's rare. It's rare. It's not, you know, never say never, but it's rare that a team doesn't have the plan for what happens in front of them. Yeah, especially being at two. I mean, you know, last year might have yeah. been a different story. You're picking at seven, so there are yeah. six wild cards in front of you. This year it's one. And yeah. whether it's, you know, Malik Willis at one or Hutchinson at one or Thibodeau at one or Trayvon Walker or the tackles, the Lions will be ready and prepared to, uh, you know, to act and yeah. react to that. And, you know, one, th- one of the things that's, you know, in, in a good scenario, the, the Lions are, they've built up some capital amongst their fans and, and people like me, um, truthfully, with what they've done and especially how they conducted themselves in year one with, with what they did in the draft and, Grabbing, you know, Penny Sewell was a bit of a gift, but still, it was a good pick. You know, finding Amon Ross St. Brown and some of the interior defensive tackles you took makes a lot of sense. Uh, And what they, the things, the moves they've made do, they all kind of string together to make a bunch of sense. So I'm hopeful that uh, we, you know, we as fans and, you know, um, people following the team can be excited about what they do on day one, two, and three this year, too. Uh, with that second overall pick, Scott, do you see this? Uh, you see them making this pick, or is this something where you could see them choosing to deal back, try to add more draft stock uh, to kind of add them uh, more chances to throw darts at the dartboard? I think it's the, the easy sort of mail it in answer is to say they'll make the pick because that's generally you know ninety nine percent of the time you don't trade down. Uh, I would love a scenario in which the Lions do trade down. And, you know, uh, grabbing capital in the future, uh, grabbing another first round pick next year to have three of them. Um, if you're not addressing the quarterback this year would be a wise move. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, who's on the board, what are they coming up for and how far do you go back? But that's more of a dream. Like, you know, like, like Bill said, it's a, it's a fantasy type scenario where, where it's super unrealistic to think that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Scott, every year I say this to you, and every year I'm proven correct. So I'm 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 calling my shot again, and and for the sake of us continuing our old bit, uh, I you know what I'm going to bring up to you. No matter what you hear about how poor this quarterback class is, multiple quarterbacks are going in the first round. Set your watch to it. Who do you think is going to go first? Do you have a general feeling who's going to go first? All of a sudden, people are talking about Sam Howell today. I was I was perusing, and Sam Howell's name's back out there. Is is there a well, everybody's tired, order? tired of talking about Malik Willis? Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Everybody's tired no, of it. No, is, I think... is there a pecking order out there, uh, Scott? Um, no, it is because uh, some of this is the whole fit and finish about where you play and what kind of a quarterback you're looking right. for and. You know, um, I mean, if you're if you're in a place where it's cold weather and you're dealing with wind, you're probably not all that intrigued by a player like Kenny Pickett. You, you know, you just might not be. Uh, you, you want the more you know the more strong armed quarterback. Uh, if you're looking for pure upside, like franchise altering upside, that's Malik Willis. And then there's you know uh, Desmond Ritter is a bit of a finished pro- uh, you know product coming out of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Corral is interesting from Ole Miss. Um, you know, some of these guys, you know, I mean, 
John, you're right. There, I, I think there will be multiple quarterbacks who go earlier than everybody thinks. Right. And um, it's, it, I mean, it's a product of how quarterback-driven and how quarterback-needy a lot of NFL teams are. I mean, the Lions are in an interesting position. They have a quarterback that they're okay with. Obviously, you would love for him to, to be the guy, right? Um, and, and, Sean, I know, I know where you stand on that. And it's unrealistic to think that he is the player that's going to take them over the top. But he's stable, and he played pretty well over the back half of the season. And it's you know his contract becomes so you know really a nice enough contract next year that I think you can move him for you know multiple picks maybe not first round pick but I think you can get a two and a three for him kind of thing where uh, you know other teams are not in that situation where they're where they're scrambling at that position and as bad as people want to portray this class to be it's still people want quarterbacks and people are you know teams teams need quarterback play they just do. Scott, always a pleasure. Make sure you follow Scott on Twitter at uh, Bischoff underscore Scott. Did I get that right, Scott? Yeah, thank you. Okay, <laughs> I, I know how busy this uh, this season is for you, so appreciate you taking the time and look forward to seeing some of your stuff out there on the web. I appreciate you guys having me on, and you guys have a good night and a great weekend. You're thank you, Scott. Scott Thanks, Bischoff kindly joining us when we come back. Bill Keenis has a conversation with Matthew Stafford. Don't go anywhere. We'll have that for you next right here on 760 WJR. Welcome back to more NFL Draft Preview on the Darren McCarty Show on WJR. Once again, here are Sean Belegian and Bill Keenest. So glad you could join us Friday night. Bill Keenest, you had a chance to catch up with Matthew Stafford today. Yes, sir. And it was uh, it was great seeing him and great chatting with him. And I, I started to say, Matthew, do you ever think I'd be interviewing you for WJR Radio? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I had, uh, it was, it was, it was wonderful. I'll just leave it at that. Let's hear uh, part one of what is a four part conversation with Bill Keenis and Matthew Stafford. Now, obviously today at the uh, Say Detroit Lipke Center event, you and Kelly, you know, your roots are deep and they're even deeper after the commitment today and just watching you and your interaction with the kids and the message, um, it, it gives me chills, but it doesn't surprise me. It's just, it's why you're different. I mean, I love you because of the person you are, let alone the athlete. And I think everybody here today would say the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's a special group. Um, you know, I said up there that, uh, you know, my favorite part about playing football is being part of a team. And, and this is such an unbelievable team to be a part of here. Um, you know, with Mitch's help and say play, uh, what we've been able to accomplish, what he's been able to accomplish in the city of Detroit cannot be, um, you know, overlooked. I mean, it's an unbelievable thing what he's able to do with his organization. I'm just happy to be a part of it. Um, and then being able to, you know, really see the uh, the positive impact you can have on kids and, and, you know, through a long period of time. You know, this isn't something where you come out one weekend and throw the football around and, and you leave and everybody gets a T-shirt. You know, these kids are getting education. These kids are getting opportunity. These parents are getting a place to drop their kids off and feel safe about it. And, um and feel great about what they're getting to learn and accomplish. And, and that's something that'll last for a long time. And this new endeavor is just going to, you know, allow it to expand, you know, exponentially and be able to uh, to help that many more kids and that many more families. And, and also adults, um, you know, get job training and things like that to go and support for their families. So it really is a, an entire, you know, community center that we're really proud of. Just great stuff from Matthew. Uh, Bill also... Uh, had a chance to talk about Matt, to Matthew about a few different things. So let's get to part two now. 
Okay, Matthew, uh, you know, a week or so away from the draft, and uh, here we are uh, back in Detroit, and I can't help but go back to, you know, this time frame of 2009, you know, a week before the draft, what, what you were thinking, and if you can even, you know, go back that far. Yeah, I mean, it's a long time, um, a long time ago for me, um, but I just remember excitement, you know, excitement to be living out a dream that I've always wanted to do, and that was play in the NFL, and, and I knew, uh, you know, I had a chance to be drafted to Detroit and, and be a part of the Lions organization, which to me was going to be a huge challenge, and one that I was excited to embrace and, and um, you know, try to, uh, you know, jumpstart a a team and an organization that, uh, you know, had had some recent struggles at that point. And, and um, uh, I just remember feeling so excited and so pumped to, uh, you know, to be drafted and, and be living that dream. Absolutely. And I, I remember, obviously, the, the focus on you, you know, is Matthew going to be able to start as a rookie? And I, I, I would literally laugh at some of the, the you know, commentary or the, or the, you know the the right the writings and the the media saying, well, you don't want to shell shock him. You don't, you know, he's too young. And I'm thinking, this is a guy who won the state title at one of the best high schools in Texas. He's starting as a what 14 years old, a freshman, mm-hmm. goes to the SEC, starts as a true freshman. And with all due respect, I didn't think pressure's relative to your experience and age. And I thought if anybody can handle it, it was you, and you did. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, you know, it's. It's something that I wanted. You know, I didn't want to sit there and, and learn on the, you know, on the practice squad or anything like that. I wanted to uh, to be thrown in the fire and, and see what it was all about because to me that's the best way to learn is through experience. And, and I was, you know, lucky to be surrounded by some coaches that uh, were willing to give me, a, you know, a long leash and, and go out there and figure it out and figure out what, you know, what's going to work in this league, what's not. I had a bunch of, you know, tough times as a rookie and as a second-year player through injuries and losses and, you know, you know failed – Failed games and, and, and things of that nature, but it made me, uh, you know, who I am today. Okay. It's amazing when you think about it that that was 13 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it really Bill, is. Bill and Matthew talking about opportunity. Okay, one, uh, one final thing, and it's kind of ironic because you're with a team that uh, hasn't invested a lot in draft picks <laughs> lately, um, but it's worked. Yeah, it doesn't matter how you do it, it's if you do it, and yeah. Obviously, you, got, you guys have, but how, what, what advice would you give to the, especially the quarterbacks, you know, the, the first, second round uh, projections at quarterback? What, what advice would you give to those young men? You know, I think embrace it, and, and that's all of it. You know, that's, that's the great times, that's the bad times, and no, both of them are coming. I've been playing for, you know, 13 years now, and I've had unbelievable moments that I'll never forget, and I've had terrible moments that I'll never forget, and, and all of it makes you who you are and what you are as a player, and um, the ability to understand that, accept it, continue to work your tail off to try and be a better player and a better person, a better teammate, and all that is is huge, but just just embrace the opportunity um, and, and understand that, uh, you know, it doesn't get uh, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing. Yeah. You know, it's not an easy thing we get to do. Um, it's it's difficult. It's hard, but that's what makes it special. And and uh, the guys that can understand that come to work every single day. Um, you know, with that with that in mind and understanding is is uh, it's going to serve them well in the long run. Yeah. Speaking of embracing things, 
um, you're back in Detroit for the first time. And I, you know, what, what do you feel? What are the emotions? Uh, it's been amazing. You know, we're, we're staying, uh, you know, in, in Birmingham, Michigan, I walking to get a coffee this morning. I had about five or six cars stop in the middle of the road and roll their window down and say, Hey, you know, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. And then we love you and we love your wife. And yeah. I'm listening to her podcast right now or whatever it is. I mean, it was just, it was pretty unbelievable. So, um, you know, the, uh, the reception we've gotten when we, you know, when we came back was uh, really special to us and something that means a lot considering how much Detroit means to us. Great. That's awesome. That's- and, Bill, we would be remiss if you didn't ask Matthew about, right. well, a certain Super Bowl, huh? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Let's hear it. Yeah, Matthew. I'd be obviously remiss if I don't ask you about this past season. Um, you know, you started with the bang on Sunday night against the Bears, you know, beat the Bucks a few weeks later. And then uh, I remember seeing you at Green Bay, and it was a little rough because of injuries and, yeah. and just the reality of a long season. And then um, you just, I mean, obviously I'm biased, I'm partial, but what you did in the playoffs was uh, unprecedented. And I love the fact that for you, it's just all about the team. And that team seemed to respond at the right time, you know, all three units. and. Uh, I mean, did you did you envision any of that? You know, when the trade happened, what were your as you look back on it? I yeah. guess what are your thoughts? I mean, what an amazing journey, um, as every season is. You know, it really is just this series of ups and downs, and, and this season was no different. Um, an incredible group of guys that I got to go to work with every single day, coaching staff, players, all of it. Um, such a special, such a special thing to be a part of. As far as envisioning it, to be honest with you, no, I. Uh, you know, I knew that I was going to be in L.A., I was going to be a Ram, I was going to get to play with a great team and, you know, for a great coach and all that. But uh, I just wanted to enjoy it. You know, I didn't want to sit there and set an expectation on this, that, and the other. What was going to be, you know, a success or deemed a success or a failure. I just wanted to go in and embrace it. I love playing this game. I love competing no matter where we are, what the circumstances are. Um, and, and that was the, you know, the most fun part for me was just getting able to compete on those on those huge stages and, and be a part of a team that uh, was able to succeed is, is icing on the cake. Okay. Just such a good guy, Bill, on the market. Yeah. He left on this area. I mean, all that needs to be said is what he encountered this morning, just getting a cup of coffee and people yeah. stopping and honking and talking to he and yeah. Kelly. I think it really is unique, the relationship Matthew has, has with the city of Detroit and its fans. It's special. They appreciate genuine people. Um, they appreciate hard work. They ap- appreciate people that are committed to the city. And Matthew was all of that. And and the amount of things he has done, like today at Lipke, impacting the lives of those children, He's he and Kelly have done scores more that no one even knows about. And that's why that's why we love the guy. Great and, stuff. And, and Kelly as well. Absolutely. Hey, yeah. great stuff, Bill. Always a pleasure. I know uh, we'll get together sooner rather than later, whether it be a guest or great iron rap again, Eric Dorch. Thank you. Scott Bischoff. Thank you. And of course, Blake, we appreciate you as well. Thanks for joining us here tonight. Draft six days away. Can't wait to see what the lions will do. And we'll talk about it right here on 760 WJR.